Welcome to Witches Being Witches. Spiritual besties chatting all things stars, skin, science, sex, and self-love. I'm Tara, Ayurvedic consultant, cosmic witch, and Vedic astrologer. And I'm Emily, qualified naturopath, holistic skin witch, and founder of natural skin and lifestyle brand, The Purist Collection. Witches Being Witches is for the woman who is ready to reclaim her power, dares to take up space, and expresses herself fully. A witch is a woman who embraces nature, its cycles, and knows that she is magic. Welcome, Welcome fellow witch. witch. We are so happy you are here. This episode is proudly brought to you by The Purist Collection, a luxury naturopath-formulated skin, body, and lifestyle brand, supporting you with herbal medicine, flower aroma, and crystal therapy, because what you put on your body is just as important as what you put in it. Available online at thepuristcollection.com. That's the with purist, P-U-R-I-S-T, collection.com. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode 10, Money, Magnetism and Bold Ambition with Kiara Mizuko. Kiara is a high-level mentor and women's empowerment coach, creating life-altering personal, romantic and financial independence through her rebellious, bold standard. Kiara believes a woman who is empowered to step into the biggest, brightest and boldest version of herself is completely unstoppable. Tara, I feel like we had the most powerful conversation with Kiara and I will be honest, I have such a big girl crush. Yes, (laughs) me too. Just she embodies that magnetism and that authenticity. That 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's, she truly embodies a witch and what we define to be a witch in that she is so daring and so bold. Yes. And free. Yeah, and really leaning into that and creating new paradigms and and ways to do things. And so on this episode, we speak about success, the metrics of success, and really calibrating uh, in our internal world Mm. to create um, financial abundance and that magnetism. Yeah, Yeah. and we really spoke about the importance of that um, self-mastery, really becoming in touch with your identity and who you are and really stepping into your power Mm. to be able to be truly abundant in in your life. Mm. And Kiara is such an expander. I think you're going to get so much value out of this. A hundred percent. Yeah. I know that I did. Yes, me too. Enjoy fellow witch. Welcome, Kiara, to Witches Being Witches. We're so excited to have you here. Yes, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. (laughs) We would love to start with, do you know your sun and rising sign? I know it all, baby. Um, (laughs) Capricorn sun, uh, Gemini moon, Virgo rising. I love that. So the Capricorn energy is really that... Um, that hard work and that Mm. um, preservation and yeah and then the Virgo energy is really interesting because that's the organization and the finer details so that's a really powerful combo yeah it's here my north node and my mars and my venus like i know them all (laughs) i love it we're speaking to the right woman yes (laughs) yeah this was like revolutionary for me by the way like locking all this in in terms of like 
even within my business, but also just in my way of life, like locking, like understanding, like I'm an Aries North node. I'm a Venus in Sagittarius. That's why my marriage ended in the way that it did. Like everything is just like Mars and Aries. Like, oh, so there we go. This all makes sense. Lots of fire. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, that's why I'm so into the Vedic astrology as well, because Mm -hmm. it's such that self-discovery tool and it just makes everything make sense. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I know. I was like, I was like, it's me. It's me. It's here I am. Yes. Do you know your human design? I do. I am a manifesting generator with a 2-4 and emotional authority. Awesome. Yes. Love that so much. I love that we are attracting so many manifesting generators on our show. Yes. <laughs> are you? Oh, that's so cool. I'm a projector and MZ reflector. Yeah. So we're using your energy right now. Mm. <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness. Podcast to get all of that energy. (laughs) How, how is it working together? Like, I'm so curious about that. Yeah, Yeah. it's because it's really interesting because our energy, when we're together and we're talking about things that we love and doing things that we love, uh, we have that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. And reflecting it back to each other. Yeah. (laughs) I I know. That's amazing. That's so cool. So cool to hear. Yeah. Uh, so we would love to know, Kiara, could you tell us a little bit about your journey? So how have you ended up where you are right now, like connecting the dots, like looking back, like what has that journey been? What have been some of the pivotal moments for you to end up where you are? Yeah. Um, so everything is kind of like linked. Uh, so I think I'll tell you a little bit about those big milestones. And then I'm super happy to go deeper into any of the chapters that feel most relevant. Um, But dating all the way back to like a teenager, I was about 16 years old when I was sexually abused and 17 years old um, with the boy that I dated immediately after a very like volatile, emotional and mental, mentally abusive relationship. and that catalyzed, that was that was pretty much the catalyst to um, my introduction to reinvention and transformation because as a 16, 17 years, 17 year old girl, I didn't much know about personal development. I didn't know much about any kind of like identity work or anything like this. It was just kind of one of those things, grab pen to paper and decided to kind of build a younger version of what you see now. Um, the younger version smoked a lot of cigarettes and, you know, listened to only rock and roll and only wore leather. And, you know, she was a very like the 17 year old version of this. Um, and that kind of introduced me to the power of, so of, of, of mastering transformation through um, the sense of self and through our own perspective and our own experiences. And that was a really powerful moment. So that was remarkably pivotal. And then from there, I actually started blogging. Uh, This was in like 2010, back before there was much of what we know now in social media. We had, I don't even think Facebook, I think Facebook was like brand new where you could just sign up, you know, and you weren't in college, it was like a whole thing. Um, and so that kind of like led me down the path of content creation 
And I started a dating and relationship blog and I published a book and it was a very aggressively teen angst, like, you know, like screw him, you know, like this like kind of attitude of like, you don't need anybody. You got this, this like the, the seed of resiliency, still a little bit wounded. So not from a place of power and sovereignty, but rather like screw everybody. You don't need anybody. You can do this. And that kind of started my path on, um, connecting with an audience, a community who had members of it that had experienced things that I was experiencing that had experience with dating and, and sex and all of the things. Um, and kind of like just a bunch of women trying to find themselves like who they were before, or rather aside from being someone's partner or daughter, son, friend, mother, and all the things. And that catapulted me into launching a women empowerment magazine that was such a cool project. It lasted for about four years. Our, um, it was kind of like a community blog. So kind of like Buzzfeed, um, million page views a month. Like yeah. we rocked it. Yeah. It was so powerful. And we went into print. So we got picked up um, Barnes and Nobles here in the US. We actually went into Australia. We were international. It was really cool. It was all self-funded. It was very fun. Um, and then from there, shut that down. And at the time, this was a little bit more of a personal journey for me. I was going through my separation with my son's father. I was living in New York um, where... I, I had grown up here in Los Angeles. So like ending up in New York felt very isolating. I didn't have friends or family. I'd moved there with him, but then kind of got stuck there. And it was, a, it became, it began the kind of, I'm pretty sure that was my Saturn return, if I'm not mistaken, based on just the timelines, it was very aggressive. Um, and it was, I went through the hardest, most, the hardest financial struggle I've ever been with, like couldn't pay my rent. Uh, car was in repossession, car, credit cards all maxed out. Um, I'd quit my job, but like, it was like a very, I want to say like a cyclone. It was like a hurricane. It was very intense. Mm -hmm. And um, I started Bold Self and started coaching in 2017. Um, Bold Self was always meant to be like a women's empowerment brand to kind of like, you know, my work has always kind of evolved with me as like I've gone through all of these journeys. Um, and then I just kind of took a detour into business coaching for a while. So now that chapter is kind of closing and I'm going back into the like life, life transformational empowerment work with women kind of all encompassing. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like the, the roadmap with all the different pit stops and stuff. And now I'm in LA, my son lives with his dad. Um, I run a really amazing business, have an incredible team incredible clients and uh very happy <laughs> so cool amazing yeah. yeah I love that and I've been seeing um I've been following you for a little while Kira and um I love how transparent you are on your transformation and your journey and could you speak more about this um like the bold method that you really embody mm -hmm. and and the qualities of it yeah I think I'm really grateful that I was so called to working with women because I realized that my own bullshit slowed 
things down. So if I'm not sharing my heart, if I'm not sharing fully transparently with my audience, um, it's usually because of ego. It's usually because I'm afraid of being seen, of being judged, of whatever. And that's all fine and dandy, but it slows it down because I can't actually share the journey and it happens to be my life's calling. So I found that the sooner I just open the hell up and let the world see who I am, not only the bigger the impact with my audience and, and the lives of actual human beings who are impacted by it, um, but the quicker I move through my shit. Like I'm not in my like tunnels as much because I'm just like, here it is guys. All right. I'm rolling up my sleeve. Things are messy. Things are weird. I don't know where I'm going. Like I'm feeling all the weird things come up. Like this is me bare and naked. And this is where I want to go. Who wants to come with me? And just that fluidity and that freedom almost accelerates the things. So I'm not constantly stuck because a, a, a younger version of me, which by the way, this entire thing is just for us to get better and better and better at being human and, and moving through things. But a younger version of me would be afraid of radically showing the world behind the scenes and worry maybe that that would take away from my credibility. And I would, I would spiral because that big weight on your shoulder ends up being something like, should I post this? Should I share this? How much of this should I share? What yeah. will they think? And then you journal and like, your should just like draws out longer and longer, just own it, put it on the table and take radical ownership of it. And I just found that like everybody benefits from that, including mm -hmm. myself. So that's kind of where the courage comes from. It's like, it works. It's hard, but it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a perfect embodiment of, of being a witch ultimately, like being that, that free daring woman and taking that self-responsibility mm. and really self-empowering. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, part of that witch wounding is um, mm. having that fear of being seen mm. um, and putting ourselves and having that vulnerability. So I really love how you've been able to unlock and giving permission to, for others to do that as mm. well that's what I've really seen your journey yeah I thank you and I appreciate that so much and it's so funny because I literally had you know in my own journey I've worked with such a variety of women obviously so much parallel to my own expansion mm -hmm. and there would you know I definitely worked with the I'm afraid of being seen right and then all of a sudden the fear of being seen and I don't know that would come up and I'm like yeah this is a thing everyone's afraid of being seen and then all of a sudden I started taking radical ownership over my bigness and I kind of like to, um, I, I hosted a conference and then another conference and like no one thought I would be ready to because i I don't know how I made it happen. I was, it happened a year before I was actually planning to do it, but I was like, nope, it's happening now. We're figuring it out. But Kihara, you've never hosted a conference. Yeah, well, screw it. We'll figure it out. We'll go. <laughs> you know, it's like literally like I threw myself out there and I found that when I got on stage, some, I don't know, it's like the, the, the young version of me that wanted to be an actress when I was young. I don't know, but something clicks when I'm on stage and mm -hmm. I just, I shine. There's something that radiates out, right? Like I like leave my body. Some of the times my ears clog and I don't even know what I'm saying, but it, like literally something happens when I'm on stage. And for me, what I've realized in my career is that whatever happens 
to me, for me, through me is for my people. Mm-hmm. And so what ended up happening is I'd have women come up to me and say, being in your energy is permission for me to be in mine. And then I started realizing it's not about fear of being seen as much as it is about the fear of the bigness within us. Mm. So the fear of being seen has this really contractive energy of like, oh God, I don't want them to see me. Like blah blah blah. But the reality is like, no, I'm so big, I'm so bright. There's so much magic within me, right? This is why leadership is so important because we give others the permission to say, hey, it's okay for you to be as big as you know deep down you are underneath that doubt underneath Mm -hmm. those questions, underneath the bullies in high school or the shitty Mm ex-boyfriend or the mom or whatever the like me, naggy voices are, right? It's that like, boom, boom. There's like place for women like us. There's a place for that. And I started to realize that way more women have a fear of their own bigness than they do of like this, like, I'm afraid of coming out of the shadows, you know? It's like, yes, because you know you bright as fuck. Like, you know that there's something super radiant and vibrant about you. So it kind of all works together. I love that. Yeah. And could you speak a little bit more about that, Kiara, in regards to the healthy um, ambition Mm. and going bigger Mm. and evolution? Yeah, it's so funny because I've witnessed this industry. And when I say the industry, I want to say like the content industry, like the coaching industry, the leadership industry, the content creator industry, like basically the voices, right? I've watched this evolve over the decade plus that I've been in the online space. And for a very long time, there was no talk of like the feminine. There was no talk of like receiving. There was no talk of like, hey, maybe like, you know, like, or there's no talk of flow, right? This is right before the burnout culture emerged, where suddenly it was like, you know, the hustle culture, like demonizing the hustle culture, right? And it's interesting, because I always note when there's like this extreme pendulum going in one direction or another. And to me, I'm a person who lives in shades of gray. I never believe anything to extremes, because I I genuinely believe that if we live life off a spectrum, if we if we live it in a black and white world of like, hustle or not, ambitious or not, we set ourselves up to fail because we're human and there's no way that we could be ambitious or not. There's a spectrum. So what I noticed is that ambition within in women has been demonized in some ways because it's been so much, so deeply connected to the concept of hustle. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I'm really deeply committed to is finding that in between and shifting the conversation to heart-led work, the kind of work that you get lost in. Yes, you get into flow, but you work that whole time. You create, especially those of us that are called to a place of leadership, like the work that you're actually passionate about. You should lose time when you're working on something, on your artistry, on your expression, right? On something that could change the world, on something that could change the life of someone. You should forget to eat. You should forget to sleep sometime. It's okay. There's like beauty in the madness of it, right? And for me as a Capricorn, right? Like it's like so deeply who I am and I've always, and of course I had a, a lot of healing to do around that because I did very much have like, 
um, my self-worth attached to my achievement for my own journey of like negating my looks, you know, to try to prove myself that I didn't get places because of how I look. So I had my own healing journey, but through that healing, what remained is that I'm so deeply committed to my life's work. I'm so deeply committed to living a life of beauty and extravagance and comfort and one of impact where I can reach people and I need money for that. I desire that. I want to reach more people. So like I've like almost like um, I've sent my ambition through a detox to get rid of any toxicity there but allowing it to, to, to exist in the power that it is, because I think it's incredibly powerful. And I think that women who can connect to that part of themselves and really have a drive and purpose in this world are the ones that are going to change the world. Yeah. I genuinely believe that, mm. you know, but it takes our ability to move away from this like extreme pendulum. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sometimes I can orgasm clients into existence. Sometimes I can, you know, do all the things. And sometimes I'm going to sit down with a pen and paper and map out, you know, the next thing or map out or whatever it is, but it gets to be all of it. Yeah. And it's not an either or. I absolutely love that. I think um, that's really embracing who we are as women, because we go through cycles. We're not meant to be constantly one thing or another. And I, I love the, what you said about, you know, black and white. Mm. And I think that when it comes to ambition, we typically see men as being, it's almost more accepted that they're ambitious and they've got that constant drive because they don't cycle like we do. And I think very often when we think of um, ambitious women or the way that we've been taught to view ambitious women as, as, you know, those sort of bitchy CEOs that don't have any fun in their lives, um, they can't be cool, we don't really want to be like them, you know, leave it to the patriarchy. What are your thoughts on how ambition can in intimidate men? Oh, are we getting into Melinda? Oh, let's do it. Um, <laughs> it's so funny because it really is. So first of all, just speaking to the masculine and feminine, right? Like, absolutely, we are cyclical. So for me, the a, a woman's ability to retain ambition throughout the course of her entire cycle includes those moments of receptivity, of inspiration, of mm. opening up your channel to receive your next inspired action, your next inspired thought. I ran businesses the other way where it was like this forced constant thing and that never worked for me. I learned what, how I am in different phases of my cycle and that's been incredibly powerful for me. Masculine energy is penetrative energy. So their, their energy is boom, 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 boom. And that's great. But we always have to remember that we were raised in this masculine world. So it's not like we have to rebel again to that extreme. It's mm. what works from this model and how can I be brilliant to extract what works and infuse it with who I am and what works for me? Mm. And that is the mastery of being a, a successful woman. And, you know, <laughs> I went through a, a very interesting uh, journey in dating because this was like, at first I was like the rebel, the badass that like, 
you know, that attracted the bad boys and all of that. Right. Okay. Then I went through this like deeply feminine, like my uncovering of my feminine, my connection to my feminine. And ironically, that started very much attracting men with feminine core Mm -hmm. because it was almost like there, because my outer shell was very masculine their, you know, feminine, it created a polarity. It was beautiful until I actually felt safe enough for my feminine to emerge. And then suddenly feminine and feminine doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So that didn't work. So then I went into like, okay, now, and, and while all of this is happening for me as a woman on her journey, my business is becoming more and more and more successful. So those thoughts of, uh uh-oh, Uh oh, the pool is getting smaller and smaller and smaller started to really emerge, really trickle that. And I went through a phase that nothing worked. Every guy that I went on a date with was a mismatch for one way or another. Every, I started to feel myself wanting to compromise again, like I did in my marriage, where I felt like I was like, well, you know, maybe he doesn't need to be involved in that part of me with that part of me. Like I started to be like, well, maybe when I'm with him, I could be this. And then my business could be separate. And I started to, but here's the thing. It wasn't until I found the stability within myself of my own power that I started to attract men who matched that stability at that higher caliber, because it was like this instability within me was like, well, am I worthy of love if I'm not in a freaking gown in the flower field, you know, like all the time smearing blood on myself. I swear to God, like I really thought these things because this is what I was being shown to be feminine in our space specifically. And as a woman that was, you know, very much healing this like overdriven masculine shell, this protective shell that I had, I was like, well, I'm never, it's either one of two things. Either I have to start being like that or I have to be less of this, right? Like one of the things have to happen, but me as I am, me as the bigness that I am cannot be held. And it was all that instability, that lack of stability, that those question marks in me that created all of this dissonance in the connections of men that I was connecting with because Mm -hmm. it was like match, like, like attracts like. So all these men that I was calling in, none of them were grounded. None of them were like, like anchored in their, like in their knowing and their energy and their own bigness so much so that they would be able to hold a woman like me. Mm-hmm. And so once I stabilized the me and I made the ambition, success, wild expression, all of all that I am, the loudness, the, all of it. The moment I made it just part of who I am, and this is the package, and I'm so happy with it until a man, it doesn't matter. I'm happy with or without a man Mm. in that. It wasn't until that moment that I started to attract men of that caliber. And all of a sudden, it was one man who was, you know, whatever. We'll leave the details out, but totally, absolutely um, a match. It wasn't a romantic match. But in terms of like a man who can hold my bigness, who could celebrate, who was like, and all that, yep, he was there. And then all of a sudden it was like, you see it, so you believe it. And then another one came and then another one. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, hold on. Standard has been set now. Mm. And I'm only available for men like this. But we can only be, we can only make ourselves only available to a certain caliber of man 
once we are unavailable for anything less within ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So true. And so good. it comes down to that. Yeah. Like you say, that self-mastery mm-hmm. and why that is so important to call in that energy that, yeah, you're wanting to have in your life. So I love that. Yeah, totally agree. And so Kiara, can you tell us what your definition then of success is? Because mm-hmm. I've seen the shift in you in the last couple of months mm. where you have really started looking at what real success is like once we get the money what do we do with it and yeah what it, what is it all for so i'm so grateful for my rebelliousness that <laughs> is so against all the rules that people set before me And for a while, I thought I was playing the six-figure month game. This is, I think, what the moment you're talking about. I think I was playing that, hitting that six-figure month game, feeling like I was playing by other people's rules, where until I made that six figures, until I made that number, you know, I wasn't going to be considered 1% of the 1% of the coaches, whatever, like, you know, weird energetic story was there and attached to that. But what was so wild was like, when I hit the six figure month, not that I lost interest in doing it again, but the fire burned, it was like done. Right. And I realized, and, and this is what I believe to be the purest definition of success is any human being who's doing the thing that they set out to do. And I heard something similar in, I want to say, I think it was the Nightingale's Strangest Secret. He talks about this too, where he says, um, a school teacher who's always wanted to be a school teacher and goes on to become a school teacher is successful. And I genuinely believe that because for me, I realized I wanted to hit that six figure month, but six figures a month is so much money. Like, uh, you know, yes, I have an extravagant lifestyle. I love flying first class and stuff, but like six figures a month, like it's no longer about survival. Mm. And I definitely don't want it to be about ego. So how can I, like my definition, my definition of success is hitting these milestones that I set for myself. And these milestones are not just marked by money. Mm. Like my milestones are, for example, I had a moment a couple of weeks ago where I was walking my dog around this neighborhood here in Los Angeles. I spent eight years wanting to make it back to LA after I was in New York. And at this moment, and I was in the coziest sweats and it was like 6.30 in the morning. No one was out. It was all quiet. It was like that perfect, like, it almost felt like fall. Like it was so early that it kind of felt like fall. And I had, I put my hand on my heart and I was like, I'm happy. Mm. Like for the first time in such a long time, I'm happy, but not happy in a superficial way where I've hit six figures or this or that, or seven figures or made millions. It's not, that's not the thing. It's, fulfillment its purpose and for me success is also defined in how great of a mother I can be based on the circumstances that my son lives in New York and I live in LA how good of a friend I can be 
to friendships that had to take an eight-year pause while I was in New York, how good I can be to my body in healing my body, in, in work, in strengthening my body. And what I feel like, I feel like all of the strides that I've made with my health are a marker of success. The things that I educate myself on are markers of success. So success, yes, money is a thousand percent a part of it. It can be. If it is, it's absolutely okay that it is. Does it have to be the only marker? Absolutely not. Mm. And it's not for me. Mm, I love that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And that's, I think that's part of the reason we wanted to get you on the podcast is mm. because Tara and I were recently having a conversation about, and I think it's really cool that people are generally being more open with money. And like you said, I think like money is... Um, almost an enabler it allows us to live that life that we want to like it money can be pretty cool but I think also there is that um that difficulty where we've been kind of conditioned to view success as how much money we have but that that's not necessarily the only metric exactly yeah and it shouldn't be the only metric because I think those people who are financially successful and, and viewed as successful, but is their health falling apart? Is their marriage unstable? Mm. Are they actually happy? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think definitely success is a multidimensional thing. And it also is relative to the person because somebody may not actually value love and marriage. Yeah. Um, they might value it's all based on people's values, in my opinion. Um, you know, and I think this is a really great example of what I was speaking about the the pendulum of extremes, right? Like we've always kind of had the the um, societal representation of like status and success with the flashy cars and things like that. But with the online space, and I know this because I was a part of it, like I was a part of like, you know, using money as a um, results metric, Right. So in the coaching industry specifically, like it's not uncommon to hear things being to see things being thrown around. I mean, I have a post on my on my Instagram. This is one hundred and ten thousand dollar month. Like these numbers are so um, out of this world. And you and you see it like I remember when I first got into this industry, I was like, these people are talking about what people make in a year making it in a month like it's nothing and it almost desensitized and then we get exposed to it and it's the only thing we get exposed to it and god forbid your your feed curates you know a certain amount a certain type of men or you know a coach or um influencer that you follow so that's all you're seeing that's all you're consuming and it's like these things stack so i think what i'm at least what i'm experiencing is another example of that coming to the middle of being so deeply grateful for the money that I make mm. being so deeply grateful for the life that I've created for myself, for the salaries that I get to pay, you know, for the people I get to employ, for the impact that I get to have funded by the money that I make, because the more money I make, the further the reach. So I'm, I can be so grateful for all of that. But the big reason why I'm moving away from that front facing business coaching is because it's, it's not just that it's just a part a woman being able to create her own resources mm -hmm. and let that be a limitless 
source is incredibly important to the overall mission of my work, but it's only a piece of it. It's mm -hmm. only a piece of it. Financial success and wealth and, you know, is just a mastering the energy around wealth and abundance and manifestation, just a piece of it. It's a phenomenal piece, one that I'm not completely getting rid of. But when you see things like 50K months, 100K months and this and that, and it's just so, we're all submerged in it, you know, in the online space. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Definitely. And Em and I were talking about this yesterday and we said, you know, there's a that formula that you can implement and you can get there, but are you going to like the person that you are when you get there? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be burnt out? Like what's the, um, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice? Yeah. So yeah. I really love that you are bringing in um, the awareness of like this holistic um, metric mm -hmm. and, and focusing on that. So mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, to be able to speak to Kara, like you have a really healthy money mindset. Yeah. And I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is something that a lot of people struggle with. So what have you done? Like, has your mindset always been in this place? <laughs> and I would really love you to speak to that because, uh, you know, especially uh, Em and I on this, you know, like he, we work a lot yeah. with healers and they have this real struggle to ask for money or ask for that um for their services mm. so i'd love to know how you've sort of mastered mm -hmm. money mindset. yeah how do we do it okay so, <laughs> so you're not gonna like my answer my <laughs> way that i the way that i mastered quote unquote and i feel like i'm always i'm in constant mastering i don't believe in finish lines but the way that i've definitely gotten over that initial big hump mm. unfortunately for me it wasn't by choice. And when I say that, I mean, sometimes it happens and I don't believe struggle is part of every story. I don't believe it needs to be. However, it very much was for me. It was rock bottom, couldn't pay my rent. And I'm so grateful for that because I'm a pain in the ass and I'm very like, like I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, now you guys know majority of my chart. So just to kind of give you an idea, like I'm very much like, like, I will question everything, you know, but I'm also very much like, like focused tunnel vision on certain things. So part of my journey has been to really open up, right? I have open, you know, open centers, right? So like really like lean into that and like the, the gift of that rather than um, feeling like I need to hold on to something. So before I hit rock bottom, I had my own beliefs and I was a, so stubborn, about them. And it was like, yeah, but like, you know, when you're talking about this, it's like, you're not keeping in mind the majority of it. And I had every like 3d real world, like thing that made logical sense to me, um, to contradict anything around energy mindset or anything like that. I would very much always claim like privilege and this and that, like it was very aggressive, the stance that I took, when I hit rock bottom and I couldn't pay my rent and, you know, and all my credit cards are maxed out. And I realized that there was a real problem. One thing that I will say is I've gotten better and better and better with self-awareness and be like, well, clearly the way that I've been believing things, it hasn't worked because here I am with people trying to buy me groceries at this point, right? Like this is not working. So I often talk about this when I'm on stage, I kind of tell this, this story that I'm not going to get into, but 
I had this realization where my, it felt like what I had been doing for a very long time was covering holes on a sinking ship. Mm-hmm. And it was like this constant, like, well, maybe I'll, I'll sell this one website and I'll make another thousand dollars. And I kept looking at these bandits. I'm like, this is never going to change my actual situation as a whole. And so when they shut my power off in the middle of winter, when my son was there, it was like this boom kind of like, listen, like change it or don't, but change it because things won't change if you don't. Right. So I had this kind of thing and the beauty of rock bottom. And as they say, is there's nowhere else to go, but up. So I was actually so open. It was almost like I went towards all things, energy and mindset and all the things like, Hey, I've tried everything else. Nothing else works. Let's give this a shot. You know, like literally being like, I'm pretty sure I see my landlord hiding in my bushes. So let's see if this works, you know, like, I don't know, short of like going, you know, so it started very skeptical. Like it wasn't like I was skeptical to the point that I didn't let things in, but I was like, okay, all right. And I realized I'm like, I'm probably going to need to repeat this stuff a while and started doing my affirmations. And I started just trying it. I mean, when looking at these videos, I'm seeing really successful people talk about this. And all of a sudden I started realizing, wait a second, hold on. There's other people that are successful. Let me see what they've done. So then I started, this is where I got kind of introduced. I got introduced to Jim Rohn. And I got introduced to Wayne Dyer. And I was like, the combo of the two shook me out of whatever belief system I was in. I started doing these things. And then I got the littlest, the smallest glimpse of evidence that this stuff worked. I found a quarter on the floor. And I was like, Haha. you know, of course, I was like, yeah, it's working. But the coolest thing, I got my period. And I was like, crap, I got to go to Rite Aid to get tampons. And I checked all my bank accounts. And I was 99% sure all my cards were maxed out to the point that I didn't even have money for like a $7 box of tampons. So mm-hmm. I went anyway and I was like, I'm just going to hand her one at a time. One of the cards are bound to let me go over $7. Like it's not the end of the world. And she says to me, she goes, you have, I think like the total was something like $7 and 50 cents. And she's like, you have 761 points. Do you want to use them towards your purchase? Oh, wow. And I had this moment, I was like, it's all real. (laughs) Like I literally, everything clicked into place for me. Mm. And I realized like I had this like surge of like connection where all of a sudden it was like, oh, we're all, it's like, this is all one. So I started there. Then, so the magic was fun. Then I started going through my mindset, my stories, my relationship with my parents, how I was raised, the beliefs I was, I read, um, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, which is a really great book to get started with mm-hmm. uh, because it's a little less woo and a little bit more like dyna- like going in and really looking at like, what is this financial blueprint that you've developed? Mm-hmm. Um, I started there. And so my first chunk of my journey was very much mindset. And then the second chunk and what, what I really teach on a deep level now is energetic you know, is really around the own, creating our own frequency of abundance within ourselves, becoming a match to it, um, learning how to navigate through life and our financial decisions to be a match for even more money, anchoring into our feminine energy so that we can become bigger magnets and also within the business realm, 
the brighter we shine, I call it expression magnetism, the brighter we shine as who we are, our authentic self, the brighter and stronger magnet we become to wealth. Mm. So it's been... (laughs) So no, I was not born with any of this mindset. No, no, no. I had cheap clothes with holes all over. I wouldn't date boys who drew, who draw um, who drove Audis, which is ironically the car that I drive now. I used to call them douchebags. I called my ex-husband a douchebag for having a Range Rover. Um, I w- was courted here in Los Angeles, Beverly Hills. All these rich kids would take me out and I was the poor little waitress. Like the, the setup for being anything but someone who could develop this mindset was there. I had to do all the legwork through this. Yeah, thank you for sharing that and really being a expander on, you know, going through that rock bottom and using that Mm. transformation. Um, And it definitely sounds like a lot of Saturn was in there because Saturn loves us to learn through experience. (laughs) I'm like 90% sure it was my Saturn return. Like I am not even at this point, I'm like, "Mm, it was that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's really instilled yeah, like having your beliefs really um, flawed and then starting again. So I mm. think that's a beautiful expansion story. Mm. What are your, what are some of your favourite tools for becoming a magnet or a manifester of money? If if we're in that situation where it's like, oh, um, you know, I yeah, like we were saying before, money is not the only metric of success, but it is no, pretty helpful and it can do some really great things. Here's the way I see it. The reason we go straight to money, which is not to demonize it or anything. This is a very neutral comment that I'm making. The reason that we go straight to money is because we live in a society where money is the thing. Yeah. If you don't have the money, you don't have a roof over your head and your basic human needs are like you know, question they're at risk. So Mm. what that actually does is puts us in a state of feeling unsafe. Mm. And when we don't feel safe, right, this is where contraction comes in, where our head tries to come in and problem solve, et cetera, et cetera. So the reason that it's a really beautiful opportunity, this is what I think healing one's relationship with money and seeing money in that way is a beautiful portal to that because it's a lot harder for us to develop safety in our bodies, you know, by other methods. If, for example, we do not have stable income, like I was, see, it's interesting because when I was struggling financially, I was also like gray in the face. I had acne. I, my body looked nothing like what it does now. Mm -hmm. I, my posture was awful. I was getting sick all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for the human to, 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 to find that like harmony within herself when they're so like her, like actual livelihood is in question. So anytime anyone's like, well, money doesn't like, yeah, listen, listen, it's okay that it matters. And it's okay that like, that's a thing that triggers a lack of safety in one in us. Mm-hmm. So connecting that one of the biggest tools is learning to create safety in the self detached from money so that's the number one thing right like we can operate multiple layers of existence we can be the very real human beings who have to pay our bills 
right? Which is like super stressful if you don't have the money. So maybe like, let's go to another realm. <laughs> let's go, right? And you get to this place where you might even go all the way into the quantum field and disappear off the face, right? What I like to do is something very like in internal. It's really calming and, and soothing my nervous system and creating that safety. You can do this in multiple ways, depending on where you're at in, in your practice and your journeys, right? There's some people that don't meditate. There are some people that struggle visualizing. There's So it you can do this in separate ways. Um, it, you can do this on a very external way first, where you actually just go take a bath, go relax, go bring everything down and like link that stability to just because that's what happened with me when they shut my power off in the middle of winter, I had a panic attack, but my son was there. Thank God, because I didn't want him to see it. So I literally had my, like, I don't know if the difference, anxiety attack, panic attack, I couldn't breathe. And I was on the floor and I was trying to hide it. And then my heart was racing. And then I felt like a bad drug trip, which I've had plenty of. So I was like, like walking myself through it. I was like, your heart's going to calm down. It can't stay like this forever. It's going to calm down. And realizing that through the chaos of it, I was still breathing. Mm. So they shut the power off. The worst case scenario happened. I was still alive. I was still breathing. I was still okay. So the, the key especially if we get into a frantic place is to find that stability within ourselves first. And you do that externally, or you can go internally. And I do practices like, for example, cutting cords. I can vision, I envision myself floating in a bubble, just darting away from the collections officer or whatever I need to do. Like I am free of this plane. You may not reach me. Like I will create these scenarios. You know, I can, I, I'll, 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 um, if I'm like judging myself, right, I'll walk myself through the image of a waterfall to cleanse, like I'll guide myself through these things, so that I can stabilize and realize that what's the worst that can happen, I end up on the street, I'll figure it out, somebody's bound to think, you know, to throw me a bone, or I end up being crazy on the corner with all the other crazy people, we have a great time, I don't know, but at the end of the day, like being in my head and like being in that pressure, I, what I find is a lot of people try to like calibrate to wealth and abundance from that state of freaked out. And that doesn't freaking work. Yeah. So first stabilize. Then from that neutral energy and you have to have it somewhere in your body, you have to be able to believe that time's not real that you can collapse time, that anything can happen, that miracles are real. Like you have to believe in something bigger than yourself, something bigger than your power bill. You have to believe in something like that. And then from that place, you start the practices of visualizing yourself, going through creating that emotional experience in your body. You do it through affirmations. You do it through journaling. You do it through spell work. You do it through whatever, whatever is yours that makes you feel like I found myself. There were times that I was like covered with like four tarot and Oracle decks all laid out around me, like a freaking circle, you know, with like 18 candles lit. Like I had to have moments like if high school and me saw this, right. Like, what? <laughs> you know, at have moments, but this is what created that sense of certainty in me, mm. even prayer, even like surrendering and letting it go to something bigger and more divine and whatever. Um, one of the best gifts I believe that we can give ourselves is 
the gift of trial and error, of discovery, of exploration. See what works for you. Find it. There are people that can sit down and journal their way through any block. There are people that have to sit in front of an altar. There are people that have to go on a run until it's all flushed out of their system for them to actually think clearly. Everyone is different and it's personal mastery that's going to allow us to calibrate higher, faster. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really cool. As a naturopath, so many of my clients are in that constant state of fight or flight. And yeah, so often we hear that, you know, oh, if you if you just visualize and you can make more money. But if we're in a state of fight or flight and our body literally perceives that we are not safe, how is visualizing going to do anything? Yeah, I love that. I know. I, you guys have no idea how many times I've had people say that to me, like, just visual, you know, or uh, talk to your higher self. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, do I do that before or after I pretend to be sick on the phone with the bank because of all that overdrive? Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm dealing with some real world stuff right here, man. Like I can't just go in my head and go like visualize stuff that was yeah. so stressed out. So stressed out. Um, and then it almost has you build resentment towards yeah. the practices, right? Because it's like, well, screw you and your orgasms. You know, when people are like, orgasm things into existence, you're like, what? <laughs> like, you're like, like, I'm telling you, I can't pay my rent. You're going to tell me to go pleasure myself. Like, yeah. obviously, like, we know it works, mm-hmm. right? But we know it not from a state of fight or flight, you know, but we know it from like actual, like neutral studies, right? Like when you tell someone who's in panic mode, who's very like survival is in question. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be their survival, like, like, um, in terms of like a roof over their head, it might be relationships that are at stake that are very important to them and their, um, ability to be loved, right? Like, I don't want to do this thing because I don't want to lose the love of my partner or my mother. And this is creates real anxiety for them. And then here comes the people that are like, go visualize it. It's like, yeah, but like, you're not hearing me he just threatened to walk out like, right. Like it's really challenging for people to be open to things and the magic of it all when they're experiencing very real world things. Yeah. Yeah. I love that realness. Yeah. And that calibration that you talk about. Yeah. So Kira, how can we work with you? Um, What are you offering at the moment? I know I'm not offering anything. It's not so cool (laughs) to say. Um, I have private, it's, you know, it's very, it's like very high level one-on-ones. Um, I have, what do I have? I have, oh, like all my course, like the courses that I've taught this year mm-hmm. are actually coming out in a surprise bundle in like a week or two. So that would be really cool. And we're doing like a crazy payment plan thing for it. So I think it's like $16,000 worth of courses for like $2,000 or like a year-long payment plan or something crazy but aside from that nothing until the fall because it's all new everything is new that's coming out oh yeah yeah definitely (laughs) and we just want to end with asking you um Kira and I think we've covered um you know elements of this but we love to ask what does health is the new wealth mean to you health is the new wealth I think vibrancy 
is the word that comes through. And I think that as women, we're such potent magnets for wealth um, that, of course, I could tell you the typical answer of like, when you feel better, you do better, you make more money. It's like, of course, (laughs) but there's something really beautiful that I've seen happen in women when they do take care of themselves and they prioritize their health and their wellness and their beauty and their radiance and all of that. Um, they become so much more magnetic. And when we become magnetic, it's not just to the handsome guys around the corner, it's to all that we desire. Um, and so having that to me is real power, is real wealth and it's li- unlimited. It's limitless wealth because there's no capping what we can call into our field. So vibrancy. Mm. Thank you so much, Kiara. This has been such a valuable conversation that yeah. our audience, I feel, is going to love. Yeah, thank you. Loved it. Thank so you much. for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening, fellow witch. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and a rating. We absolutely loved this episode and we hope that you did too. We would love to hear your thoughts over on the socials. We are on Instagram at witchesbeingwitches and come and find us on Facebook. We have a free coven, the WBW coven, which is our little private Facebook group. We would love to see you in there. See you there, fellow witch. Thanks for listening to Witches Being Witches. Remember, happiness is the new rich. Inner peace is the new success, health is the new wealth, and kindness is the new cool. We'll see you next episode.